Good morning, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, if you are elementary age, school, or younger, you are welcome to go up to Sprouts. Well, this thing is, hey, oh, there we go. Um, yeah, who's in Sprouts today? Anybody? Who's, oh, CJ and Tatum? Oh, that's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. So I want to go. Anybody want to take over for me? So, hey, um, Nicole actually flew out to Kansas uh, this weekend. She actually got back late last night, but uh, it was her dad's retirement, kind of his, his last hoorah as a college president. Um, and uh, I just think a lot about his, his life and his ministry as a college president, as a seminary dean, but it all started off as a pastor and as a youth pastor. And I'll never forget uh, for years when he was a pastor, every Sunday, one of his main messages was, you matter to God. And, and I just want to just reiterate that and just say, you know what, you're here, whether in person or online or you're listening to it or watching it later on. If anything else, I just kind of sense God saying this morning, you matter. You matter to God. And so thanks for being here. Um, I want to start off by verbalizing a question that probably most of us um, are asking this question or asking this morning, why? Why run 13.1 miles or 100 miles, right? Like what, what I want to know and what probably a lot of us are asking is what was chasing you? I mean, it better be like a bear or a cougar or like snake handling clowns or something crazy, right? Like to get me to run even three miles, uh, it have to be a whole gaggle of snake, a whole carload of snake handling clowns. But anyhow, um, glad you guys did that. Glad you guys are okay. It's always fun to see what we're all up to during, during our weeks and what we do with our time and always fun. So, hey, I hope you've been enjoying this series uh, as much as I have. Uh, I know it's a little bit of a different shift for us. You know, typically we're just going through a book of the Bible and, and, and seeing what God has in store for us. And this is a little bit of a, a shakeup, but it's been really fun. It's been fun to, to hear both for, firsthand and, and also just conversations that we're having at how God is giving us a language and, uh, and kind of giving us some blueprint of how to be more intentional in our, in our faith. Uh, discipleship made easy, dot, 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 sort of, right? And uh, if you haven't, I'd really encourage you to go back and, and start from the beginning and listen through, watch through. Um, but in a nutshell, in week one, we talked about how, uh, what is discipleship? If you are a follower of Jesus, if you say, yeah, I'm a Christian, guess what? You're a disciple. That's who you are. That's your identity. That's what you do. And discipleship, basically, we're, we're kind of defining it based on what Cesar Kalanowski and some others are saying is, it's the process of moving from unbelief to belief in every area of our lives. Now, when I first heard that, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. But the more and more I dig into it, the more I realize that is the essence of what discipleship is. It's moving from areas of unbelief. And if you're like me, and so like, no, I believe, I believe, I, wait a minute, on a functional, practical level, sometimes I struggle to believe. And I see that through some of my thoughts, through some of my actions. And so discipleship is that intentional, transparent, vulnerable process of moving from unbelief to belief in every area of our life. Not just church attendance, not just 
you know, some big moral issues or things like that. No, it's every area of our lives. Discipleship is not a project. It's not a to-do list. It's, lot, it's not a morality guard, uh, guide. It's all of our lives. It's being intentional about who God is, who we are, who each other is, uh, what our mission in life is, and so much more. And that's the not so easy part, right? Because it's every area of our lives. Discipleship means that our lives are changed from the inside out at the very ground level. That was week one. Week two, we talked about story. That's the first rhythm. We're going to look at six rhythms. The first rhythm was telling stories. And the first story we got to start with is God's story. And we talked about how God's story can be seen through his word, uh, through the creation God created us in his image. He loved us. He created us in perfect relationship with him, with each other, with his creation, with ourselves. But as humanity did and continues to do and will continue to do until Jesus returns, we fell, we fall. We're sinful, we're broken. It's, it's, it marred our image, it broke that relationship, it broke that identity. And so that leads us to the third part is that search, right? We're searching to fill that void, to fix what's broken. And we look to all sorts of different things. That has been really interesting to me is kind of filtering through my own story and story of people that I know of, man, so many of us are stuck in that search mode. And we think we found what we're looking for, but yet we're still searching. We're still trying to find that hit. We're still trying to find what's going to work. Uh, But the fourth part of that story is redemption. Jesus and Jesus alone, right? We are made right with God, each other, ourselves, and God's creation through Jesus and Jesus alone. And through that redemption then comes restoration. We are made right. We are uh, restored. We're made new creations. And we, we see that in salvation, but then it's the already not yet. Like we're already made right with God, but yet we won't yet see the fullness of that until we die and go to heaven or Jesus returns. And, uh, um, and, that's, and that's how we understand the story of God. And then the second part of that is understanding our story through God's story right? To understand who we are, where we've been, where we're going through the story of God. We need to recognize our sin and our brokenness and our need for Jesus. And through it's through him alone uh, is how we find that redemption and that restoration, becoming a new creation. Now, I know that there's so much talk about my true self, my authentic self, my, and, and I see that so much. And you can't argue with my truth. This is who... That's part of our brokenness, guys. And I, and I see that all the time. And I see interviews with celebrities. And, and I finally am who I really was meant to be. But are we? Right? Like we tell ourselves that. And we fight for that. And we, we try to convince ourselves and each other. But yet our true and authentic self is who God created us to be. He is our creator, and that's how we find our true authentic self is in him. We recognize that, that you know what? We were created by God. He loves us. He created us with a purpose, on purpose. And, and that's who we are. But yet we also have to recognize how we've been marred, how we've been broken. But the story doesn't end there. That's the good news, right? Is that our true authentic self is, is we are clay pots. We are broken vessels. We, are, we went from being this perfect masterpiece to being shattered on the ground to now he's putting us back together in this beautiful, artistic, mosaic, storytelling piece of art 
right? That's our, our authentic self. And it's not revolving around us. It's revolving around him and how he makes us whole. Then the second part of, of that first rhythm of storytelling is learning the story of the people and the places around us. Is that we want to see the story of those around us and the place around us through God's story as well. Um, this has really been helpful for me uh, as I've, I'm out in the community coaching, relating, just being in the community, uh, just hearing people's stories and understanding it. It's kind of like, oh, okay, I hear this kind of theme coming through here. This is where they're at. And, and, and I hope it's the same for you. But, but I'll be honest, though. I, I feel like sometimes I struggle with this kind of this pharisaical condescension, right? Of how I've seen myself go through that story and I'm in that process. I, I know I've been redeemed and I know I'm being made new, but yet that brokenness of, of, of I can kind of be impatient. I can be kind of judgy. I can be kind of unloving to who God loves. Yesterday, I'm sitting at a coffee shop up in Salt Lake City uh, while in between games of Carter and Colson's football deal. And, and, and I was just, I, I'm, I'm an incessant people watcher, right? And I watch people. But, but sometimes I realize that I kind of slide back into that sinful, judgy, kind of like, oh my God, that person's a piece of work, you know? And, and I'm sitting there writing my message with my Bible, judging people. Pharisee right? Like I'm just being real. But I have to remember that, you know what, this is my story. I was broken. God loved me and he saved me. And so part, that's part of where I'm at is that God is kind of like, hey, that's their story. You let me write it and you cheer it on and you be, you, you be available to be used how I want to use you in that person's story, right? And so we need to listen to what's really going on around us and ultimately listen to what God has to say about it. And that leads us into our second rhythm of discipleship, listening. Listening. We are surrounded by voices, signals, frequencies, messages, all the time. What do you listen to? How do you decide what you're going to listen to? What voices and noises are all around you? Do you even know what the voices and the noise are? Now, I'm going to date myself a little bit. Some of you are going to say like, oh yeah, I know exactly. And some of you are going to have to talk afterwards so I can explain how this works. But remember the old radios that, that you would kind of put a nine volt battery in it and you would turn it on. There's a lot of static, right? And what did you do? You took the dial, then you turned the dial. It went like that. And there was a little orange thing in there that went back and forth based on the dial. That was before digital things, guys. There was life before digital world, right? And so you would turn it and it was like, oh, okay. I don't understand that language right here. I'm going to, you know, and then top. 30 hits, whatever, blah, 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 you know, right? And so you'd find a station that you wanted and then you would kind of fine tune it, then, uh, but you couldn't quite get it, right? And so what'd you do? Oh, silly me. I forgot to fold open the antenna and then extend the antenna. You had a little radio like this with an antenna that went up to here. Maybe that's just because I lived in Nebraska and in whatever, but, but like, oh, now I can hear, you know, uh, Casey Kasem's top 40, blah, 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 right? And, and, then, and then you could dial it right in there. 
Well, and all of a sudden you realized, no, that's a country station. I'm not a country guy, which was funny because I grew up on a farm. You'd think I, I didn't listen to country until like, like years later, right? After I, I leave the farm and then I start listening to country. Weird, right? Um, but you found what you wanted to listen to and then you fine tune that in there. There are so many signals out there. One night, years ago, I was, uh, Nicole and the kids were out of town. I was staying up late. I was rocking out on my electric guitar. I had a sweet Marshall amp and I had it turned way up and the gain way up. And I was just like, you know, and, and all of a sudden I hear this, you know, I, I don't speak Spanish, so I can't say what he was saying in Spanish. I didn't understand. I heard a, a Spanish radio station coming through my guitar amp. It was really, really weird. At first, I was kind of like, I hear voices and I can't understand it. Are there demons in my guitar amp? Maybe, I, maybe rock and roll is from the devil. I don't know, right? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, that's actually Spanish. It's okay. And, and, but it was weird, though, because I could hear a radio station coming through my guitar amp. That's not supposed to happen. But so I was kind of asking, like, yeah, every now and then it's kind of weird atmospheric stuff. Well, like... Guys, we are bombarded with signals. I mean, if we, would, if we could see the signals around us, it would blow our minds, right? If you would open up your phone right now, don't do it because we're all about listening. I want you to listen, not be on your phone, right? Unless you're taking notes and that's okay. Um, how many Wi-Fi signals would you get on your phone right now, Right? Like our, our sound system operates off of wireless frequency. We are bombarded with messages all the time. We have radically more information at our fingertips now more than any other time in history. Messages, advertisements, influences, agendas, demands, and more and more and more. We aren't even aware of what we're hearing or what's behind those voices. Isn't it ironic that when God chose to reveal himself to Elijah in the Old Testament, we see this in 1 Kings chapter 19, God says, go up onto the mountain and Elijah's in a cave, right? And he's like, God, where are you? I need to hear you. And all of a sudden, whoo, wind came, right? Like the wind just came over and it was so windy that it was blowing rocks around and breaking. It was, the wind was so strong that it smashed rocks, and God was not in that wind. And then the, the mountain actually started shaking because the earthquake was happening and God was not in that earthquake. And all of a sudden a fire just blazes by, but God was not in that fire. And how does God choose to reveal himself to Elijah? A calm, gentle breeze. He says, are you listening to me? Because sometimes you have to attune your ears in to hear what I'm saying. In John chapter 10, the Bible says that the, gate, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice, the good shepherd. The sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't, they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. I love that. The good shepherd, he knows us. He calls us by name and we recognize his voice. 
That's how we know God. God is alive and active and well, and and he wants to connect with us. He wants to lead us, right? He doesn't just say, just stay in the pen, and I'm going to say sweet nothings into your ear, and I'm going to keep you comfortable, and you're going to stay safe, and you're going to be in here, and and that's going to be your life, right? You're going to have this perfectly manageable, comfortable life. No, he doesn't say that. He says, I'm going to call you out, and I'm going to lead you, and you're going to follow me because you know my voice. And that's, we're going to see through this whole morning is that God wants us to follow him because we recognize and follow his voice. How do we learn his voice? We listen to it. We talk with him. It's amazing when our twins were, were small, when Carter and Colson were small and babies, Nicole could tell who they were from their cry or from mommy, I'm done my nap, Right. Oh, Carter's up again, right? You know, just like she could tell she knew their voice. I love because she spent time after time after time just talking with them. Here's the thing. A relationship that doesn't have communication is not a relationship. If there is no communication, it is not a relationship. Right now, probably husbands and wives are probably like, oh, Right? But that's the fact is if there's no back and forth, if there's no give and take, if there's no communication, no processing together, it's an arrangement. It's not a relationship. And the same thing is true with our relationship with God. Or as we say in the basketball world, a quiet gym is a losing gym, right? A coach that I'm I'm helping right now, he says that. And I'm so like, a quiet gym is a losing gym. Because if we're not talking, if we're not communicating, we're just kind of like, I don't know why we're getting our butts handed to us, right? Well, you're not talking. You're not communicating. Be a team together, right? Listen to the coach. Listen to each other. I like how Psalms puts it in super plain and clear language. Psalms chapter two, the first six verses, it says, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune in your ears to wisdom. Concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight, ask for understanding, search for them as you would silver, seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. I like how he says, listen, treasure, tune in, concentrate, cry out, ask, search, seek. This is active. Listening is not just like, mm, go ahead. Well, you know, are you listening to me? Right? Like if you've ever talked to a kid or, or a spouse or whatever, like, like, listen to me. I love how, how a little, I forget when this happened, but like kid would just like grab the face and like, like they want you to listen to them. Right. And sometimes you want to do the same thing, right? Like listen to me. Right. But it's active. We have to participate in listening. I like how Michael Frost says in his book, Surprise the World, he says, a quieted heart is our best, prep, prep, uh, is our best preparation for all this work of God. Listening refocuses us from ourselves and from the world so that we can reflect on God's word, his nature, his abilities, and his works. I love that. Listening refocuses us. It, it prepares us to experience God and what he's doing. 
If we're confused, if we're overwhelmed, if we're sad, if we're insecure, if we're frustrated, if we're angry, if we're depressed, if we're obsessed, listen to God. Still our heart, quiet our heart, and listen to God so that we can be ready to receive what he has to say. So what does listening look like in discipleship? First, we listen backwards through God's word. We listen backwards through God's word. Remember the good old fashioned letters? Remember when you would like get out a piece of paper and you would a pen and you would write it out and then you would fold it up, put an envelope, put a stamp on it, take it to the mailbox and then you would wait and then you would wait. And then I remember when I was dating Nicole, um, she was in Houston, I was in Nebraska and uh, it was fun talking on the phone, but sometimes it was fun just to send a letter. And I remember just like, oh my gosh, I, I would stress over what I'd write because I knew like once I put it down, it was down. Like I, I better mean what I say. And, and, and we were still kind of feeling each other out, kind of flirting. And I didn't want to like come on too strong and kind of freak her out. But at the same time, I didn't want to be too aloof. And then she was like, Does, is he into me? You know, and, and I knew that once I put it in a pen, it was there. It was, it was, it was permanent, right? And then I also knew she's probably going to read it, reread it, and then cherish every word that I said. Right? <laughs> no, that was me. I was like, oh my gosh, how many hearts did she put behind her name? You know, she's really serious. Woo-hoo. You know, like that's how we communicate. We would, we, would, we would try to communicate with each other and make every word count. Every word counted. Space mattered. What we said mattered how we said everything like like we need to listen to what is written down through God's word and that's what the bible is is it's God's love letter to us he wants us to read and reread and reread and obsess about and what does he mean here and what does he mean there and and boy i i want to ask him more you know hey god in your letter you said this what did you mean by that right like we need to understand that the bible is is alive and active and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And he intends for us to read it because he wants to communicate it. And, and, and in God's love letter to us, he doesn't just give us, you know, warm, flowery, you know, you know, nice stuff all the time. He includes the hard stuff, the nasty stuff, the embarrassing stuff, the vulnerable stuff. And he's real with us. And that should draw us in instead of saying, well, I can't read that because it's, no, if anything, it it should draw us more to him because he entrusts us with that knowledge, with that. He's not hiding anything. He put it out there so that humanity can read it. And he puts himself in it in a vulnerable way, right? Jesus wept. Well, wait a minute. I thought that Jesus was God. How can God weep? God grieved. God looked and was angry. Why would he put that stuff in there? He makes himself vulnerable. I've heard people, well, God can't get angry because that would mean he would, like things are out of control. No, he's in control, but he can still get angry. He can still be sad. He can still mourn. He loves us. And if you love something, you're going to show some emotion. It doesn't lessen God. It doesn't mean that he's something less. To me, it means, no, he's something more. The Bible isn't some dry, boring, crusty collection of abstract doctrine and impossible standards. It is meant to be alive and active and relevant now more than ever. 
We understand ourselves, each other, the world, and God by looking back through God's word. That is the up cycle. And remember, we're every rhythm, we're going to look at up, in, and out. And that is the up, is that when we study God's word, it is our relationship with God. We are, we are relating up with him. We're paying attention to God and what he's saying. How much do we take advantage of that communication? How much do we take the opportunity to listen to and to gain wisdom, to search, to cry out, to seek, to value, to cherish God's word and God's wisdom through reading the Bible? How much do we allow the Bible to influence, to define, to direct our actions and our behaviors in the courses of our lives? Like, do we just kind of read it? And then if it makes us feel good, we're like, hey, that was a good time in the word. Or, or if all of a sudden we read it and it's kind of like, oh, that kind of stepped on my toes. Well, let's just not worry about that, right? Or, or if it's confusing, well, I didn't get anything from that. Okay, then read it again or, or read something more, right? Like, like how much do we actually go to it with the intention of hearing something from God? Quality time in the Bible is foundational to our faith, to our identity, to our relationship with God, to our mission, and so much more. The second part here is that we listen together through community. That is the in part of this rhythm. We listen together through community. How much do we listen to each other? How much do we listen with each other? Like this morning, I, I always appreciate our, our time because we get here early, we set up, the, the worship team practices, and then we have a time of just kind of catching up and seeing how we're doing. And, and I, I just, I, I really value that time because like it's a time for us to be able to slow down and catch up and just listen together, to be together. You know, I love how like uh, connect groups, like we intentionally have that first hour to eat around the table. Why? Because we listen together. In community, we can tell stories, we can ask questions, we can learn from and about each other. And in that process, when we start telling our stories, like we can identify those areas of unbelief that God maybe can call us towards belief in. We can call each other towards belief in. Studying the Bible together, worshiping together, praying together, just doing life together, listening together in community is so critical. Um, I was just talking with someone this morning about how we talk a lot about gather and scatter and even on our mugs, like it has the arrows and that those arrows represent how God calls us to rhythms of gathering and scattering, right? Like it's not one at the expense of the other, both are completely necessary. And then third, we listen forward through the Spirit. That is the out part. We listen forward through the Spirit. How much do we ask the question of God, what now? What's next? What do you want me to do? How should I handle this? What should I say? What should I not say? What should I do? What should I not do? How much do we actually like listen forward and asking God, to, to help point out our next steps on our path. One of my favorite verses as a kid and, and for the rest of my life is Psalm 119, 105, that God's word is a light unto our, our, our feet and a light unto our path, right? If you've ever done night hiking, you know how important this verse is. Without a headlamp, you're in trouble or night running, <laughs> right? Like there's times where you're, it's kind of like, 
if we didn't have a light, we could fall off a cliff. We could run into something. We could, we could get lost, right? But to be able to have that light to our path, that's God's word. If we want to understand where to go next, we need to be tuned in to the spirit. Again, God's calling us and he's, he's that shepherd leading us from the front, not driving us from the back of you better, blah, blah, blah. No, he's like, come on, I have good things for you. Jesus is constantly calling us out there and he wants us to listen to him, to each other, to those around us, what he's doing, what he wants us to engage in and so much more. We need to listen not only to, to like in settings like this, but we also, when we're in the checkout line, when we're at work, when we're out in our yard, we need to listen forward and just say, okay, God, can use your spirit to just help me to know what to do right now. Like actively saying, God, show me what you want and I will follow. Especially as we're out in those settings where we're, where we're tempting to, tempted to be kind of, you know, condescending Pharisees, right? Listen, listen to what God wants to reveal to you through his spirit in those settings, especially with not yet followers of Jesus. In all three of these, prayer is vital, listening to God, to understand the Bible, each other, the world, to mission, to understand everything, we need to engage in prayer. Prayer is simply conversation with God. And in any conversation, it's talking, but it's also listening. The problem with prayer is that a lot of times we cheapen it to a sanctified wish list where we go and we talk to the great genie in the sky or the cosmic pinata, right? Like if I hit God enough with my prayers, something good's gonna come out, right? Like that's not what prayer is. That's not what, what, that's not a great conversation. It's like the kid that just only wants to talk to the parents so that they can get the Xbox, right? Like, no, I just want to talk with you. I want to connect with you. How's life? What's going on? Like, I don't, just give me the Xbox. Give me the Xbox. Give me the Xbox, right? Like we can't cheapen prayer into something like that. Prayer is speaking, but it's also listening. And the thing with listening is that it's humbling, Listening is humbling because you're laying yourself down. You're silencing yourself and you're being fully present with the person in front of you. We're laying down our agendas, our desires, our our wishes, everything. We're just, we're laying it down and we're listening in humility, which takes us back to the old fashioned radio and getting reception on it, right? Like we want to dial in those things. We want to hear what God has to say to us, about us, about those around us, for them, everything. So here's some ideas to make it practical. Here's some ideas on how to listen well, okay? First of all, designate a time and a place. Designate a time and a place. Be consistent be intentional, set up some accountability with it, right? The second is tune off and uh, turn off and tune out the distractions. I like how Matthew 6, 6 says, go into your closet, 
be by yourself, close the door, just shut out all distractions, tune out the noise. Three, intentionally open up to God. Don't go to him with your wish list of questions or requests, just be there. Four, use prompts if necessary. And this might sound kind of weird, but honestly, if I, if I have a hard time focusing in my time of prayer, sometimes just a simple little prompt can, can be helpful with that. It doesn't have to be anything magical or mystical because it's not. It's literally just, okay, you know, I can't see you, God, but you're here, right? So, I mean, you can just say something as simple as, I'm here, God, and so are you, so let's talk, Right? Um, God, I'm here. Speak to me. I'm listening. Sometimes it's just saying, God, you are good. And I just want to hear from you right now. Sometimes it's, it's just, Jesus, I love you. Sometimes it's reading a scripture, but here's a little bit of a caution. Sometimes if we go to the scripture, we're, and, you know, we want to have our time in the Bible. That is absolutely critical and necessary. But sometimes it's easier to keep reading and to kind of go into this mode instead of this mode of where I'm just going to keep reading right? And God will, we want to pray through scripture and see what God's revealing to us. But sometimes you can just pick out a specific scripture and just read it and read it and read it, and then just wait for God to speak to you. Okay. Um, Next part is observe your thoughts. This one kind of sounds weird, but I remember having a mentor of mine kind of talk with me about that. He says, hey, when you, when you say be still and know that I am God, be still, what, what happens when you're still? I start to hear my thoughts. <laughs> and some of them are just weird, right? Like, why am I thinking about this right now? Take note of them. Take note of them. And I like how he always says, take note of them. And, and then just say, it's kind of like, uh, we had some friends in Oklahoma that, we learn this trick from if, if we're in a group of adults and Nicole and I are in some group of adults and, adults and when our kids were young, they, like how often do our kids come up and they're like, dad, 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 or mom, 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 right? And, and what they would do is they train their kids to just come up and grab their hand and then just hold their hand. And then the parent would squeeze the child's hand to acknowledge, I see you're here. We're talking. I'll get to you as soon as I can. And then the, and then the child would just learn to just wait right? And that's what, what, uh, what the, my, my mentor kind of says, just say, okay, I have that thought. I recognize you. I see that you're here, but now is not the time to deal with it, right? I'm gonna, I want to listen to God and then just kind of write it down or take note of it. And then later on, you can kind of deal with that stuff. But it, like, like you're going to hear a lot of different distractions talking into your head, into your heart. Um, observe them. Don't just like, no, 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 you know, acknowledge it because sometimes we won't be able to get through it or get over it until we just say, okay, I recognize it, right? Here's the thing. Sometimes you're going to learn from those things because Satan wants to attack you. And all of a sudden you realize these are the thoughts that I'm having that I'm not even thinking about. This is what's rattling around in my head and I don't really realize it. I want to talk to God about that later on, right? I remember years ago, I, I was obsessing about getting a dirt bike. And when I would try to pray and just spend time listening to God, all of a sudden I would just start like daydreaming about dirt bikes. <laughs> like God says, idol, idol. <laughs> it's an idol. You're finally seeing it. Right. And so I could work with, work through that with God at a later time. 
Then take note of what God is saying or prompting you with, right? Take note of that. Expect to hear God. And if you don't hear him, it's okay. It's okay. Just spend time just being together, right? What relationship isn't good when you can just be together and nobody has to talk and you're just fine. It's just good to be together because you know you belong there. You know you're loved and conclude your time and move on, right? But if you do hear something, here's where we get to step seven. Test it. I've seen so many people over the years that, well, God told me, da-da-da-da-da. Well, if God's telling you, how am I going to argue with it, right? And it was kind of like, you know, I I knew a guy that he would actually, whenever God spoke to him, he would always refer to himself in the third person. Well, God told Jason that, so like, wait, you're Jason. <laughs> like, like, if I ever say, well, God told Jason this, like, Jason, are you having an out-of-body experience? Because this is really weird. Like, test it. Go to each other. Well, first of all, make sure it's in a line with God's word. Make sure it's, it's coherent with the Bible. Make sure it makes sense in in, in the context of, of the history of the Christian faith. Make sure that it's, it's logical. Make sure that, um, that uh, it, it's congruent with doctrine. Make sure that you test it with community, right? Like if all of a sudden I feel like God is prompting me, prompting me to do something or saying something, and, and I come to you and it's kind of like, you know, I, I really think that as Greenhouse Church, I think that that we should start walking on our hands everywhere we go. I mean, God just told me, so we're going to do it, right? Please say, Jason, you need to get help, right? Like that's where we are accountable as a community. If I ever say anything that's just like, whoa, where'd that come from? You'd better come to me and say, you're crazy. What's going on, right? But test it. Make sure that if, if it's truly from the Spirit, it will produce the fruit of the Spirit. If it's not producing the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, if it's not in congruence with those things, it's probably not of God. I've seen too many times where people become divisive and angry and hurtful because God told me this, but yet, It's breaking everything apart. Test it. And then last, if it it passes all those things, guess what? Act on it. Do it. Go do it, right? If God is talking to you about something, do it. Set up an action plan. Bring Bring others along with you. Do this in the context of community. Okay, really quickly before we get out of this, what are some of the biggest barriers towards listening? For me, I, I, I see four big ones. There's probably a ton more, but, but four that I, I want to close out with is one, fear. We're afraid to listen sometimes. We're afraid to listen to God. We're afraid to listen to the Bible. We're afraid to listen within ourselves. We're afraid to listen to each other. And fear is basically this. It's unbelief in God's goodness or power. When we're afraid, we forget just how good and powerful God is. Fear shuts down listening. If I'm afraid, I'm fight or flight, right? I don't want to listen to you. I want to get out. The second is just good old-fashioned laziness. We're lazy. 
I don't, I don't want to, eh, whatever. I just want to, you know, I don't want to deal with that, right? Laziness is unbelief in God's call on your life. Guess what? God designed you with two ears, one mouth, use them, right? It's our call. It's how, it's how he, he wants us to live. And laziness is basically unbelief that God has actually called us to be good listeners. Third is pride. I'm just so full of myself. I don't need to listen to what you have to say. Pride is unbelief in God's sovereignty over our lives. Our lives are not our own. We need to get over it, right? We buy into this myth of self-sovereignty and that is prideful. And that is the original sin that Satan came to attack us with. We need to get over that unbelief and move towards belief that we are God's. And that's our value. That's our worth is that we are God's. And last is busyness. Busyness is basically the unbelief in God's design, that he designed us for rest. He designed us for boundaries. He designed us for, for limits, right? And, and so when we get busy, we get wrapped up on our own stuff and we forget about God and each other. It's kind of like being wrapped up. I, I actually saw it was kind of a fun object lessons, but he had, he had some aluminum foil and he took the little radio that had the signal going through it and he wrapped it up in aluminum foil. And what do you think it did to the uh, signal? <laughs> Shut it off. We get wrapped up in our own stuff and it kills the signal from God, right? All we hear is what we want and, and we have to be really careful about busyness. So that is the discipleship rhythm of listening. Listening is hard, Listening is not easy. A lot of times it's not natural, but that's what I want us to focus on this week. Personally, the action step that I want to invite you to do is to take three days this week and just to, to, to take 10 minutes. Or if you can't do 10 minutes, do five minutes. Or if you can't do five minutes, do three. If you can't do three, let's talk, right? But take three days, set a reminder and say, okay, I can do it Monday at 8.30 p.m. or Tuesdays at you know, 6 a.m. or whenever, but set it, be intentional, designate it, right? And then, and then go through these eight things. Designate, tune out, open up, prompt, observe, take note, test, and then act. Go through those things. Try it three times this week. And then share it with somebody. After you've done it, just text somebody, call somebody, take them out for lunch, coffee, whatever, and, and, and process your time together and, and see how it went. Or you can give me a call. I'd love to hear from you too. And uh, we can process together. All right. So let's be good listeners. Let's be good disciples by doing that. Um, God wants to stretch us. He wants us to, to move outside of, of our little, little safe pens of life. And he wants us to follow him where he, wherever he's going. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for um, your word. Thank you for how you show us um, so many examples of these things. God, thank you for listening to us. God, thank you for hearing our hearts, for seeing into our lives the reality of that. God, help us to, to slow down and to listen, to humble ourselves and to listen to you and to listen to each other. 
God, I pray that that this rhythm, even though it's not a natural one for a lot of us, um, God, I pray that that we can just grow in it, that we can take a risk and we can try it. God, I, I really think it's a discipline that that's the more we try it, the more we do it, the more engaged we become, the better we get at it. And so God, help us to be uh, just a reflection of you in, in our world, God. We love you. Praise in your name. Amen.